A.K.A. Jules the Jeweler, A.K.A. Jupac, you know, my high school coach a decade ago, a decade plus ago, um, my mentor, um, now business partners in Dubai, so we all the way from VA to Dubai. Um, how are you feeling over there, coach? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Yeah. It wrapped up a, a long week, a challenging week, but I look forward to these moments where I get on get on the mic with you, talk a little bit about today's topics and, uh, you know, represent for the old guys because uh, you guys don't give us any love. <laughs> no, nah, man, that's not true. That's all we hear, we're bridging the gap. And for you guys that are just tuning in for the first time, um, when Coach talks about having a long week, we record typically on the last day of our work week. And, you know, in the States, of work week is Monday through Friday. Here in Dubai, Sunday through Thursday. And for us, we work Saturday through Wednesday, at least in the gym. You know, as entrepreneurs, you know you're always working. But we don't detail too much of our basketball business. We will soon when we get on video so you guys can really see and, and we can implement those things. But we do a lot of work. Um, sometimes it's, you know, tiring. Other times it's, it's always really joyful at some point. But you know the ups and downs, they happen. Um, Hoop Mountain Dubai is our company. You know, we're located everywhere that you need us to be. You know, you can check us out, Hoop Mountain DXP on Instagram. We got a lot of dope stuff. Um, like and subscribe. All you people, that are, everybody listening on um, YouTube or anywhere else, like and subscribe. Throw us a bone, help us out a little bit. I think we got something with this and, you know, whatever you guys can do to like, subscribe, share it with a friend, comment, tell us what you hate, um, and then we can keep working from there. Um, so mental health, mental health, how are we feeling, Coach? Good, man. Yep. I'm good. I'm good. Like I said, you know. Oh, look, he got the phone ringing. Oh, uh, man, you said we're always working. Yeah. Always working around the clock. Yeah, yeah. So... But, you know, here we go. Another chance to, uh, you know, speak to everybody and, and connect with everybody back in the States and, and also our young hoopers here in Dubai yeah. and uh, get it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all heard, y'all coach is messing up the mic. So we had to, you know, we, we doing this in the basement type stuff. Like this is just us thugging it, trying to get it together. But um, what we'll do is, we'll let's get into some, some good stuff here, NBA, right? You know, we recording a lot that happened basketball-wise. First of all, I woke up the other day, and, you know, I talk about my some of my bros all the time. My guy, BG, hit me. You know, the time difference, like, nine hours right now. He, he hit me. He said, Russ, back, which is back. 
He spelled mm-hmm. it, he spelled it Byke, B-Y-K-E, right? And I'm like, what's going on? And the Wizards have beat the Nets. Yeah, in an interesting fashion. I think Bill hit a three and it put him, I think, tied up or put him down only one. And then the next play, Russ still Russ gets a wide open three on an inbound still. It's Bill hitting the three was to be expected because he's been hitting a bunch of clutch shots all year, all past two years. But for Russ to get his swag back was big. 41 piece. For triple that, right? Or yeah, close yeah, to it? Yeah, he, I think he got close to it. I think he might have been like one rebound or one assist away. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Interesting. I want to see what that wizard crowd sound like now because those last, those would last like three or four weeks. They've been throwing mud on his name. Well, you know, um, I think it, reports just came out that he's been injured a little bit, though. Yeah, because he, he didn't he didn't play the next game against the Clippers, right? Right. Or well, Portland. Portland. I'm sorry, right. against Portland. And, and they and they took an L. Um, but then the next game, after taking the L to the Wizards, who's the worst team in the NBA, the Clippers come into town from Brooklyn, and Brooklyn gets the W. Mm. Now Brooklyn gets a W, and I think it was like one twenty four, one twenty, and everybody talks about, of course, the defensive woes because right now they're the greatest by percentage. Uh, I think is whatever those analytics are, they're the best offensive team the NBA has ever seen. I believe that, but also the worst, <laughs> also the worst um, defensive team that NBA has ever seen. So last night we had thirty nine from Kyrie. Um, we had 28, I believe, from KD, 28 and nine boards. And then you got James Harden, who goes for 23, I believe, 11 rebounds and 14 assists. You know, I woke up and I was like, my boy hit me and said, yo, Kyrie, just different. I get <laughs> I get there to see the highlights. And it's like he just painting a picture on the court. Like It's just different, different space. I remember saying that to you. Right. And the first thing you said to me was like, yo, Kyrie different? What did you say to me, though? I'm thinking about KD. Because KD, 28 and missing two shots. Knowing that even though Kyrie is special, James Harden special, your name is circled on the other team's board in the in the other locker room for sure. And for this man... It was how many? Oh, lean back. 13 of 15. All right, cool, cool. 13. It was 11. As a matter of fact, he was 11 for 13 from the field. So you had 28 points off 13 shots. And we're just talking just simple mathematics. If you just shoot two times, you just shoot two pointers, 14 times, you get 28 points. <laughs> right? He got, man, and nine boards. But then you talk about um, what our guy James Harden is doing. You know, we had this conversation about who's going to have the ball and facilitate. Yep. And we said, Kate, Kyrie needs to be the two. Yep. Let, let him be free. And Lord, because he's taking the most shots out of everybody. Yep. And nobody's having a problem with it either. You know, so that's good. He, But, man, I, I think Harden for sure going to lead the league in assists. This <laughs> is possible with those two yeah. for sure. He's And he's already, he's already been 10 assists a game type of guy when he was in uh, Houston. Without these – you know, military grade weapons to the right and the left. Like, <laughs> military grade. Man, it's different over there, man. Um, but it's interesting. What do you think? What do you think is next for the for the Nets? Do you think the Nets get to the finals, even how they're constructed right now? I don't think so. 
just because we all know in the playoffs you've got to get some stops. Because to get to the finals, think about it, you got to beat a good Boston team that's got two dogs on the wings. Yes, Jalen Brown. Brown's having a hell of a year. Two dogs. And then, you know, that's that's if Kimba comes back healthy, you know, that's a capable 30-point score right there. Uh, we all know Miami plays lockdown D. They just got to get healthy. Miami down, down though. They might not even be in the play in and stuff. They got yeah. they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do. But people been injured though. I yeah. give them that. Um, you know, talk about Philly. There's a there's a monster emerging in the East in Philly oh, yeah. with uh, Joel and B. Man. So you know, at some point in time, the Nets will have to address that if if they meet because uh, who they gonna have in the hole? DeAndre Jordan is. Past his prime, so he's in trouble. Yeah, that that is. I do think that they can get to the finals in the East for sure, constructed the way they are. I don't think they'll beat the Lakers because that's what I got going, of course. <laughs> but I don't think they'll beat the Lakers there. If they play anyone else from the West, then I think that's a that's a W. But I have a hard time seeing anybody beat them except for the Sixers. And and that's only if Embiid takes that stride. Right. If Embiid takes that stride, then man, it's gonna be a little bit different for everybody. Yeah. Um. The way Doc's got him playing right now, I mean, and the way Embiid's an MVP candidate, which he ain't getting a lot of love right now. He should be, but you know how it is. We don't want to give the big men the love that you know they deserve. Because we expect them to do these things. Yeah, they'll get our love to, uh, what's his name, the Joker and all of them, though. But we're going to see. And B, keep pushing, man. We know he's back there. We're going to start a, uh, a campaign the way they started Trust the Process. For sure. The process is here now. <laughs> no, that's love. So we'll see. And, you know, I, I said I thought Kyrie was going to get it together. Remember I was saying that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's looking good. I'm seeing smiles and everything. We, but getting it together ain't ain't a knock against his, his his offensive repertoire is we talking about team chemistry and stepping up and you know and like I said it's still a work in progress because uh, it's early in the season and we all know right now it's still new so everybody's willing to put up with a lot but we know it gets later in the season people start saying whoa wait a minute we got to change up some things yeah. I, I think they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna be good. It's going like I said. I'm more interested to see. I wish we could watch it a little bit more in real time. But I'm more interested to see what that bench does, that coaching staff. You know what type of adjustments are made. Because that's when it comes down to that late night, uh, that late game things. A team that talented, you can't necessarily beat them just talent for talent. But your coach can out prepare, out scheme. And get some things done. Cause you know, one little out of bounds play, one out of timeout play can can shift the momentum just enough for you to squeak out of there with some wins or squeak out of there with a loss. So we don't know. Halftime adjustment. Yeah, you know. your coach your coach should be uh responsible for an extra six, eight points a game just by some of the little schemes they can come up with or quick hitters or things like that. But they can't help you if you don't attempt to play any D. I'm sorry. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and and no, get me wrong. Like they are, I would pay to go see them play for sure. They're entertaining. Everybody's going to tune in to watch them play. But you can't let the Cavaliers and teams like that score 140 points on you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, we're going to see. You got some time. They're looking good though. 
Um, but it was a big night for one guy. <laughs> you know, and by the time this come out, like four or five games have been played and everything. But we gotta mention Fred Van V. That's your man. That's yeah, your we we talked about him betting on himself, getting his bread. You know, getting his eighty mil last night. He put a fifty four, an efficient fifty four too. You know, I think he had like eleven tray balls, and um, and I think in his press conference. Post game, he talked about how uh, Demar Derozan had been telling him every time he got 30, 34, He said, "Man, you weak for not going ahead and breaking my record." So it was dope to see Demar, you know, show him love for for beating his record, which was previously fifty two. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of respect for Demar, man, because he got shipped out of there after showing a lot of love to Toronto and saying that he wanted to stay there, and but he's showing them nothing but love because you know I'm gonna be. Real, I might be a little salty right now. Y'all want to chip the next year without me, so. And I'm stuck in San Antonio. <laughs> what Chuck said, they got churros down there. <laughs> you got the river walk. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, the Alamo. <laughs> yeah, that's dope, though. But let's get into, um, well, you know, Shaq been getting some flack for like, Probably like two weeks, really, to be honest. People talking about him being too hard on people and everything else. Um, but then we also have, you know, moments where the league is looked at as sensitive. Some some star players are looked at as sensitive. What is – you're an old head, right? So let's, let's give me that perspective because what Shaq was saying was he was – I'm just challenging you. He said, look – since what I said, look what uh, Utah has been doing. Even though Utah was on a win streak before he said that. Right, right. But, you know, Shaq, I think that's another thing, too, about bridging the gap. Like, sometimes the older guys look at the way they were talked to and think that's how they got to pass it on to another generation. But I don't know. Let me speak for the older guys. I'm going to say Shaq was wrong for that. Mm. Shaq may have been talked to harshly, but it wasn't in the media. It wasn't in the public's eye. You know, you call out somebody publicly when they do something wrong. You know, you got a guy like Donovan Mitchell. We haven't heard about him getting in trouble for nothing. We heard about him just being a good teammate. We know the type of player he is. He making Utah relevant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, he he's never expressed a, a, a really a, that he wanted to leave or anything like that. He just plays ball and like. He's a guy that I'm sure he would have responded differently and would have appreciated if Shaq would have talked to him privately. Yeah. You know, and say, hey, hey, young fella, like your game, you can ball, but you can do so much more. Yeah. But you calling somebody out when they're, when they're on a win streak in today's media, I mean, that's just uncalled for. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that the, that's when the old guys screwed up a little bit right there. Yeah. And he's been, he's been critical of other people publicly as well. And, but differently, though. You know, and you, Shaq, you have a platform where you can put some people in a in a bad space in terms of perception. So you need you need to chill out on that, man. And yeah. let, you know, you know, you want to talk to these young guys and and get them going. You know, you know their numbers. Yeah, he he said, uh, "I'm too I'm too great to hate." <laughs> That's what he said. I'm too great to hate. I I do think that with the statement, um, our players too sensitive. I do think to an extent players are sensitive. And I'm not saying just in the NBA, but I'm saying going down to the grassroots and up. Like you can't really criticize 
too much of somebody's game without getting some backlash. And, and you know, there's a balance, too, because even though when you're young, when you're young, you're sensitive about everything, right, for a bunch of different reasons. So you can take a certain amount of it as an adult talking to a kid, but these days it's even worse. Man, listen, let me be first to tell you, even the old guys were sensitive. Yeah. We just didn't have social media. Yeah. So people, if you played in, in, in D.C. and people were talking trash about you in Texas, you didn't know. Now, if they're talking trash about you, you know. You can get instant, instant read, boom, 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 down the feed. Like, oh, man, they think this of me. Think about MJ. MJ, one of, his, one of his great traits was that he used everything as motivation. So what would MJ be doing right now? Right. You know, everything wouldn't be praised. He'd be seeing some negativity around his name, and and he'd take that person. Now, can everybody do what MJ did? No. Hell so, no. So there's some, no, I mean, everybody was sensitive. The older guys just didn't hear or see it all the time. Yeah, I just saw, I think I just saw a quote. No, I did just see a quote from, um, I forgot who, which teammate it was, but it was an old teammate of Steph Curry. And he said in the locker room at halftime, Steph would look at Twitter and see what they're saying about him and then come out and score 30 in, <laughs> in the second half. Like everybody fuels the fire differently. I think the right. main, the, between players though, because you know, there is like an unspoken um, player etiquette between each other. All right, especially when you get more and more into that fraternity of the NBA. Yeah. I do think that. One of the problems is, um, you know, just the way we communicate. That's it. You know, that's with everything. Coaches, period, too. Coaches, players, the leadership. Like, and that's that's a generational difference, too. Because, like you said, we grew up with social media. We grew up with a little bit more information as well. So we learned some things that were like, yo, this wasn't the right way we should have been talking to each other. Right, right. That's right. You know, and, and let's face it, the, the culture... The co- guys went to college longer back in the day. Mm. We talking about guys now coming out, either coming straight to the league or doing one year in college, and they're millionaires at nineteen. You know, it's kind of hard to tell somebody what to do when they're a millionaire and they're nineteen. They kind of, after some of them, they did it on their own. So it's hard for them to have a uh, some some cat that's fifty years old coming in there and telling you what you should be doing. I mean, you know. Give them some space, man. Man, that, space. that's a fact. That's a fact. You know, sometimes the older generation disappoints us, mm. right? Because you know, as as children, as young adults, and you you're trying to figure out, and the world hasn't, um, you know, the world is still a bit of a fantasy to you, right? You haven't gotten you haven't got hit with reality yet, like you will after college. But then college, it may feel like it's something, but after college is when you really know, like, oh. Right, because at a point you're looking at every adult like, all right, when you, when I get to their age, I'll be doing things like that that they got going on here. I have a house. I do this. Have connections here. Can do this freely. Blah blah blah. And let's say you need some help getting connected with something, and you go, you know, reach out to somebody you think got it together, and they can't really do much for you. Those things are humbling. So for me, I know for me, for age, age doesn't equate to wisdom at all for me. And it doesn't also, it also leaves me to like be more willing to listen to even people younger than me. Cause the age, you don't, age doesn't just, wisdom doesn't just come with age. Right. Like some, some of you just get old. Yes, yes. We just get old. They still doing the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So don't get fooled out there. <laughs> All right. But on a lighter note, 
you know, Bron got into a shouting shouting match with a uh, a woman on the baseline. Courtside Karen is what he called it. <laughs> I was like, first of all, Bron got the best media training in the world. You know, you say always say something right. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, that's a part of his greatness because you know I've watched him in some post game interviews and and I've gone back to when he was in high school. I'm like, man. This cat had it at a young age. I'm like, that's incredible. Um, you know, so he he's always going to put himself in a light in the media where you look like the bad guy. And so, cool, you say, of course I can. Yeah. I think she realized after, like, day two, day three, like, I need to apologize for this. For sure. And I think she had got off social media. So, there's no way she was going to win that. She no. was tripping, man. Yeah. It was funny, though. It was, but that leads to the point, though, of... As hoopers, right? We've talked about on this podcast before about trash talk, but we talked about that specifically between players and you know your peers and who you're competing against. But we we haven't gotten into the space where we talk about the significance of fans and their role in creating the atmosphere. Because you see, Brian was like, "I missed that. Right? I missed it. I don't think she should have got kicked out. Right? Right? Like he wanted that there. Like talk about what it was." What having fans in the gym is like for you? It's, it's motivation. It's, it's nothing better than going on the road and having everybody against you and just fueling your fire. Because, you know, you do something, you make a good play or something like that, and now you can just look up in the stands and everybody's quiet. Yeah. You know, the same thing I told you guys when we used, to, we used to go on the road when you were in high school against the big teams, the nationally ranked teams, and the packed gyms, whatever. And I said, hey, what better way to make a statement than have everybody sitting in his joint silent and then point up at the scoreboard? Man, man, what was see in high school? It was a balance for me. I used to, I used to love our home games because our home games would be bumping, but I, and I used to love away games too. But for college, I was all about the away game action, all about it. My school was just different. Like, let's say a TC in high school. The school itself got 3,000, 4,000 students, right? At the games, we got our own, we call them uh, Fighting Titans. That's <laughs> the equivalent to Cam and Crazies. And we have a, a band there, right? We might got like 1,500 people in the gym alone. Right. It's active. Music loud. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's everything you see on the movies. So we love that. I get to college, my home my home games, and I and this... And I love them. I love them because they were they were loyal. I think my first game as a freshman, I remember seeing some older individuals coming in, one on a walker, one on, you know, oxygen tank. But they were faithful, wheelchairs, like in the game. So I'm like, yo, this this might be too much excitement for them. But it was it was like the calmest home games. As we started, I started to learn though that like it was calm, but you know, when we created an atmosphere. We allowed some of our, you know, student body to get open and get crazy with us too. But it was a completely different one. But when we went on the road, oh, it was lit. It was lit. <laughs> some of those other schools who had different customs of ours got crazy. And I we used to love it. I used to play battle on the road all the time. All the time. What some of your fondest memories from playing and, and interactions with fans? Yeah. Um 
I'm probably gonna say. Hold on, you got hold on, cause you gonna give me some short stuff. You gotta give me one from high school. Uh, you gotta give me uh, one from college and two from pro. Oh man, here we and, go. And then you gotta give me some coaching ones. Here we go with this. All right, high school. Um, I remember playing Central Macon High School, which was a bigger school. You know, like three thousand kids, whatever, much bigger than us. My school, my high school was only like 1,800, something like that. And they had a powerhouse basketball program. They had a kid going to Mississippi State, another kid going somewhere else in SEC. You know, it's a lot of talent. And uh, they knew about us, but not the way they should have. And so we went there, and I was, I think I was a junior, and it was popping a lot of trash. And cause my, our best player, Craig Wilcox, was our senior. And uh, he was headed to BYU, and, and so everybody was saying, man, who are you? you trash, you know what I'm saying? We just got to stop Craig, we got you. And, and so, you know, they popping trash, and I think that was when, I think I might have had like five dunks that night. <laughs> and ended up, I ended up with like 45 that night. And I remember just after it was over, I just pointed up at the scoreboard, and I was like, Thanks. what you got to say now? There ain't nothing you can say. And everybody was just quiet. And you know, when you... When you put on a show, everybody gives you your respect, and that's a yeah. great feeling. Yeah, that's love. Um, that's love, and especially as a youngin. For sure, for did, sure. Did you, did you ride back listening to Anita Baker? No, sir. It was, it was a little different then. You know, back then, you know, you get a win, you know, you, you party a little bit yeah, back. Yeah. So, you know, coaches back like, shut up back there. You know, <laughs> but um, college, man, you know, my college career was rocky, boy. Oof. <laughs> I can remember being at Temple and the fans, we just had an incident USA Today where a couple couple guys got into some legal trouble. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think we were at St. Bonnie. Mm. And they had Harry Moore. Shout out to him. Man, great Atlanta 10 player. You said Harry Moore? Harry Moore. And... I just know it was uh, something that the incident that happened had to do with a, a vehicle, an automobile. Mm. And so everybody in the stands had keys, had their car keys out, they shaking their keys, Man. And, you know, somebody on the squad. And um, I remember we went up there and bust them up. And I just remember, <laughs> you know, holding my hands up before coach snatched me for saying, you know, like, you know, we went with class and dignity. But I'm like, man, coach, they talking trash and everything. And so, you know, and so I remember one kid was walking through the tunnel. was like, yo, number 11, why are you so excited? You ain't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a team win, baby. I, mean, I said, hey, I'm a part of a victory, man. I'll tell you that. You know yeah, what I'm we all in here. So, um, you know, that was, that was one for, for Temple. And I say, Coppin State, when we shocked South Carolina, number two seed in the NCAA tournament. And everybody in the everybody in the arena was quiet. Yeah, that's one of the greatest they, ever, right? They had no idea that little Coppin State was loaded like that and was tough and gritty. Yeah. And it, it was just shocking, you know, and everybody, it was just like, it was like somebody passed the baton, like from from MJ to Kobe or something like that. <laughs> like, wow! Like give this, give these, you know, give these cats their respect. And so that was that was, I say, my best college moment right there. Just knowing that you changed the 
just the atmosphere in the arena. Hair pin needle drop, yeah. right? Man, you can hear everybody breathing in there. That's how bad it was. That's crazy. Um, professionally, let's say it was a home game in Switzerland. I was playing for BBC Monte, and we were playing, I think we were playing Neon. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I know they were ranked higher than us. We had some struggles with injuries and whatnot. And our goal was just to keep the game close. We, you know, we if we lose, you know, it'd be respectable loss. And um, remember coming down, we were we were down one, and we had to go the length of the court. Maybe like fourteen seconds left on the clock. We came down. We had a play call, but I know my man Sasha Milosevic. <laughs> I knew with his hands, he was gonna break the play and go do his thing. That's what he. He was the Kyrie of our team. <laughs> so I just said, you know what? Let me, my basketball instincts kicked in. I said, you know what? I know he's going to put it up. Let me just crash the, crash the boards. And Sasha put up a wild shot, of course, because they knew he wasn't giving up either. So he had people hanging all over him. And he shot it, and it came off the left lip of the rim. And I caught it midair. Didn't even come down with it. Caught it midair. Put it right back up before it dropped right as the buzzer sounded. Oh, man. And everybody just rushed the, rushed the floor and everything and tried to pick me up, you know, that shit. Yeah, I was yeah, like, don't, yeah, don't, don't pick don't me up and somebody's going to drop me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I just remember, man, that was, that little town probably partied the most in that night that yeah. it had ever partied in, 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 its, in its existence. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. That's crazy. You know, let's, let's talk about you as a coach. As a coach, he is a coach. Oof, man! And you, you coach has been at different levels. He's been high school, been a prep school, been a college, been the consultants and MBWBA, and everywhere. You know, been a professional head coach himself. So he's seen some things. You know what? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna say high school. Uh -huh. My most memorable moment with a team that. You and Glenn Andrews and all, all you older guys, EJ and everybody, always laugh about because you guys know we overachieved every single night. Man, man. <laughs> um, I think it's the game we beat. Phoebus? Phoebus in the state tournament when nobody expected us to have a chance. We had lost to them before down – down the Hampton Roads, I want to say by like six or seven points or something like that. And no one expected us to have a chance this go around because they knew they knew a little bit about us. They wouldn't take us lightly this time, and it's the state tournament. And for us to to pull out a gritty game, you know, as as shout out to Coach Cheney, may he rest in peace. He used to always say, I want to win ugly. Mm. I want to win ugly. I don't care how I win, I just want to win ugly because when you win ugly, you learn something from it, you know. And so, and rest in peace, Cheney. We pulled out a tough, tough victory. And what's my what's Rick's what's Rick's IG handle? Nah, man, we ain't doing that. We gotta make sure we shout him out because Rick was part of the team. Without him, you know, we wouldn't have had a, a major presence in the paint. And so, pulling out that victory after even. Our contemporaries in the northern region doubted us. For sure, I I did think I was going. 
And we pull that victory off, and to see everybody now, one of the fair weather fans, mm-hmm. come up, coach, how you doing? Coach, good game, you know, dapping all the players up and all this stuff. And I'm like telling the guys, no, we just put we just put our heads up and we walk to the locker room and we just point at everybody. I say, just point up at the scoreboard yeah. and you know, just show everybody we just here for business. For sure. We don't need you guys because when we were down, it was just us. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I'm I'm gonna say that was probably the best moment for me in terms of changing the, the atmosphere in the gym. That's dope. And and you see what what fans do. You know, it's just a, a different type of motivation that's there sometimes when they're there. I remember, you know, I talk trash all the time. Anyway, all the time. It's summer league. It's open gym. And there's some people on the sidelines. I'm talking to them. You know what I'm saying? I remember in high school though. It's two moments for me. When we won states in, in 2008, I remember being told because we played Bethel, AISO High School, mm-hmm. and they were undefeated, had some D1 guys and all these other things. And we had swept through that Tidewater region, average like an average 20-point win difference, right? <laughs> but people thought we were going to lose. I remember hearing that before the game, in each aisle, because, you know, they separate the teams based you know, on, on different sides of VCU. In each aisle of where Bethel was, they had boxes of T-shirts already made <laughs> saying that they were um, state champs, 30-0, and 0, and all these good things. Long story short, we win. And I remember a couple of our fans going over there to run to them and buy some of the shirts from the boxes. <laughs> you know, that was dope to watch and see how, you know, devastated they looked. Just from having all of, um, you know, all of those expectations and all those different things, but that was dope. But for me personally too, and I was just like, you know, a role play on that team. But for me as a as an integral part in high school, it was senior year when we played at South County. <laughs> South County, um, that year was crazy. We had we had blizzards. We missing games. We had the forfeit games. I didn't have a senior night in high school. And this game in particular was like the last of five games that we got to play just to get into playoffs and things. And we were playing a team who at the time was better than us because we got, well, as record-wise, because we lost our other 20-point score and then two other like prominent figures on the team. They got kicked off the team for eligibility issues. And we go into there, and at the time, they have uh, Mo Ali Cox, who's a tight end right now for uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, and we're playing there. And I remember you asking me before the game, did you want to uh, have your senior night here? And I was like, nah, hell no, we're not doing that. We're just going to get it out. <laughs> so in the in the crowd, it's similar to how you said that, uh, when you guys were playing at St. Bonnie's, they had the keys out. Yep. That everybody was screaming, how old are you? Because, you know, a couple, <laughs> a couple of guys on our team got got put off and for some things. And it was just irking me. And you know how we always, you know, I'm I'm standing there, I'm shooting right in front of them on purpose so I can hear every word that they're saying. They're giving me the whole warm-up, they're giving me all types of mad stuff. This team had never beaten us before. Of course, nobody in the district had beaten us before. So everybody figured that they would beat us. There was a game day magazine, radio crew, it was a bunch of people there just waiting. So I remember we always do this special like breakout. Right, we'll we'll get together, all hands in the middle. We'll have defense, and then we'll do a, a a slide out, real dope, you know, innovative thing, right? So I made sure that I slid right in front of the the um those uh, opposing fans, 
the students at least. And when I slid out, I gave, I flipped them both the bird, right? <laughs> they couldn't, nobody could see. It was just a mean thing. I hadn't said none of them all warm up. And we go out there and they smiling. So I go out there and get 23 and 12 and we win. And then I, on the way out, I'm just laughing. Matter of fact, I remember standing next to the scoreboard and standing next to them at the end while uh, Ted's is shooting the ceiling free throws. And I'm asking myself, what was that you were saying? <laughs> That was that was dope for me. And then in college, in college I used to really talk stupid because my teammates would too. Like I had I had a couple shout out to Cell and RJ. They used to talk a little crazy with me as well. But we used to always go to the beach and play. And we used to go to Virginia Beach and we'll play uh, Virginia Westland. And that used to be our favorite team to play because that that energy would be like home. I remember we went into overtime with them. And we were, um, they were like number five in the country or something like that. And our big man had fouled out. Our big man, like big country dude, it's 42 inch vertical, you know what I'm saying? 225, jump out the gym, but you know, he's the country boy. So he fouled out. We go into overtime with just basically five guards. And our coach at the time say, he's like, look, I ain't got nothing for you. Just go play. <laughs> so we look at each other. He's like, he's like, yeah, just go do what you do. So I, I ended up the game with like 18. My boy had 30. My other boy had 25. And another one had 16. And we go in there, number five team in the country, at their place, hostile environment, talking trash to the crowd, crowd talking crazy to us, and come out of there with a win. And we came back to the school with uh, ribbons and stuff all on our doors and everything. <laughs> but those, those moments are dope, though, man. Fans play a big part. Fans play a big part. That, that's energy. That's the atmosphere that you don't, you can't anticipate. That's all we tell everybody you got to talk on defense and offense, right? For sure. For sure. I mean, fans, I mean, you think about the pageantry of of any sport. If the fans are into it, that, that gets the players into it. They, it makes the players care a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's that collective energy too. When you get a bunch of you bunch of people around who just got a passion about the same thing, like you can just feel it in the gym. You know, <laughs> even in some practices, you see coaches trying to emulate game like situations, playing music loud. You know what I'm saying? Clapping in the free throw line, doing whatever they can to kind of recreate that. Because when you're in the moment, you know, you, some people tense up and it's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, you got to practice that stuff. So, yeah, because it's a different environment when the game starts. Yeah. And they talk about that's the difference too with the bubble. That's why people say, you know, it's different when you don't have to play in front of fans. Because you see, some of the people that were playing great in the bubble ain't playing so great right now. Yeah. You know, and as more fans come back, we'll really see some things. But, you know, as much as um, fans have their role in basketball, because, um, you know, it should be admired. You know, basketball players are fans of as well, right? We talked about before that basketball and hip-hop culture is synonymous. You know, it's a culture. It's something that, you know, you just can't separate. Hoopers want to be rappers. Rappers want to be hoopers, you know, vice versa. But there are cases when you get a mixture of both, right? So you, you brought it up the other day um, about – who was the the best rapper that was a hooper, NBA player. <laughs> and ironically, I talked, I was in my group chat today with my bros, and I was like, yo, help me with some topics today because work been crazy. And they brought that up. So I was like, this is the second time in the week. It's a sign. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so so let's let's get it in there. Now we know that music plays a big, big, big part of you know athletics 
players getting ready for games. You know, you got warm-up CDs. You got certain inspiration players get from certain songs that they always listen to. So, you know, it's always crucial. We talked about before how we had special playlists before games. But what what you got over there for me as far as Hoopers, NBA players, in the music, whether they're producing or rapping, what you got over there? You know, I, I know for sure I got Kobe. Kobe. Look. Because you know, Kobe had an album where he rapped in 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 uh, Italian. Spain, in Italian and English. That's kind of gangster, though. That's gangster. I got to give you credit for that. That's gangster. That's gangster. That's my boy, but I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned that he was he had, he had two joints with... With Brian McKnight at the back, back at one... <laughs> he got a joint with Beat Brian like, and then he got a song with Destiny Child. Yeah, I mean, I think it's heavy. Heavy. I mean, heavy. I have a credit for that. Heavy, 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 you heavy. Know, heavy. Um, AI had something, but AI's a little too gritty, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He was keeping it real to his personality. Bubba Chuck, maybe. Yeah, Bubba Chuck. There yeah. you go. Um, you know, I talked about Cedric Sabalos. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even hit. Cedric Sabalos. That's a New York cat, right? Nah, Cedric Sabalos. Ah, oh, forgot where he was from, but he played with the um, Suns. Okay, yeah, I remember that name though. Now I remember yeah. you, after you saying uh, Dana Barrows. Um, you know, uh, I hold, ain't, I see of course, but hold I ain't know hold, GP has something. Hold on, hold on. Cedric Sabalos is from Maui. Originally? Yeah. Oh, wow. From Maui. He came out spitting. All right. Well, he went somewhere in Cali, though. But, you know, the most notable for the old heads is Shaq. But, you, hold on. We can't go past C-Web, though. Because C-Web, C-Web had a, a song with uh, Chris Webber. Pull up those most um, most notable NBA songs. Let's see. We got most inf- infamous rap tracks, right? Bean, my man Bean, we talked about it. But look, we got KD and Braun got a song together called It Ain't Easy. See, I didn't know that. I ain't never listened to it. It came out in 2011. <laughs> I, I ain't listened to it. Either. But KD, I seen pics of KD in the studio with Jay Elect, like sitting in there with, with Conway and Machine Gun. Like, he he got a, I don't know if he got an ear, because I ain't, I ain't going to say that because I haven't heard of production and stuff. But I know KD, he want, I seen a video of him rapping before, too. I've seen that before, and I know he loved music. He loved music. Um, young boy, Lonzo, big baller. He got a song. It, Lonzo got tracks, like actual tracks. And like, go on Apple Music and Spotify, you can hear Zoe rapping. It's kind, of, it's kind of sleepy for me, but he got a song with Lance Stevenson. Mm. Yeah. I, I give Lonzo credit. He has something different. He has something with his brothers a lot. Yeah. I, I actually liked a little bit. Yeah, they 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 funny, man. They can they can sell. They good for TV, man. And then we got Brian McKnight featuring Kobe. So you know when B bad Brian McKnight calling you for a feature? Come on, man. That's, <laughs> that's high price. How much hold on? How much you think a Kobe feature cost? I don't know. <laughs> so, I got to talk about the year. Because yeah. he might have been just showing Brian like so It was that. the 90s. Come on, Brian McKnight in the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s. Right, that's what I'm saying. So Kobe was like, let me get on this to promote mine. Anytime. Yeah, because listen. <laughs> but that's not saying too much because Brian McKnight switched up on us. 
Yeah. And he started he started making some songs that definitely went completely left from where, where he normally uh Well, during this time he was still Brian McKnight with the one earring and the, <laughs> the hoop earring there, the black tank top. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we got Tony Parker had an EP. And and I'm not listening. I'm I'm looking at you know, Tony Parker actually got a documentary on Netflix. Right yeah, I ain't talking about documentary. I, I, I just wanted to plug that because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to. But um Okay, Iman Shumper. Iman can spit. I, I, I can deal with that. Yeah, he got a song called Nick's Anthem, you know, Nick's Tape Love. The Iverson song you were talking about, 40 Bars. That's the title of that. I want to go see AI get into his bag. And then we got um, Shaq with his with his weak freestyle. But Shaq got a bunch of stuff, as you said. He went platinum. He had, Missy, he had Biggie in them on his stuff, right? People can laugh. Shaq's joint with Biggie, You Can't Stop the Rain, was actually nice. I, I believe it. I, I it was actually nice. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq was in a different space. But the rest there. of the stuff, him and Fruit Snickers and all that, I ain't listening to that. This, is, this one right here got me going, though. Chris Webber and, and Corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, the title called Gangsta Gangsta. I was like, yo, C-Web. In the video, though, in the video, it looked like C Web got a flower in his mouth. <laughs> like he got the rose in his mouth. Y'all old heads is wildin'. Wildin', man. Y'all looking at us crazy talking about what we do on the outside. But C Web was over there tripping. Man. But let's see, the best let's see what they got in the rankings though, right? Um Ethan, go to the the other one, the We all know who's number one. Not that one. The next one. All right, so we got one that's a little, this one's a little bit outdated, right? So we forgot Marquise Daniels. Remember Marquise Daniels, he played, um, his best years was when he played with the Mavericks. He, I think he came out of Auburn um, through the Jazz. He could get together. I know he could rap. Um, Tony Parker, we mentioned that. Um, Chris Webber, we mentioned. Joe Smith. Now, I didn't know Joe Smith got with it. And he probably didn't get with it. He just, he just, he had the money. And he attempted to do something. Come on, man, Joe Smith. I couldn't imagine. So Gary Payne, when you threw that out to me, that was, um, you know, that was different. And he threw that out. What ninety four? B ball's best kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can just imagine hearing GP. I'm thinking like. Oh man, it's a too short remix. Yeah, he definitely was talking that smooth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you know the Bay Area, they were talking a different type of talk. For sure. Yeah, we ain't gonna get into that. All right, Brian Shaw. All right, so Brian Shaw and Gary Payton did the B Ball's Best Kept Secret together. It was a joint album, Best of Both Worlds. Stop. <laughs> you know, they got to it, right? Stop. All right, then Shaq, of course. And then we got. Keep going now. Iverson, keep going to the last two. Cedric's a boy. And the last one, okay, Dana Barrows or Barrows. You remember that? That's your era. Yeah, Dana Barrows, man. Yeah. I remember that. He got, he got bars. He's a little shoot. Nah, he ain't got bars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's all right, but he ain't like, man. I'm taking, I'm taking Lonzo Ball with him any day. <laughs> That's I'm the just, first first time I heard that one. I'm just being real. I'm just, I'm sitting here talking about who I would pick from both. From both uh, categories now, old school, new school, and the new school. All right, we got to, let's get to it right here. I got the uh, best, the list of best NBA players who are rappers. Right, I'm, number right. one. So I'm, no, I'm giving you some more. Right, 
Because you didn't put Dwight Howard is in there. I got him listed. All right. Did you put Braun? I got him on here. JaVale McGee? You got him on here. All right. Andre Drummond? Yep. Same list. Andre, Aaron Gordon? I got him. All right. Keep going. Matt Stevenson. Yeah. Lou Will. Lou Will. Yeah. KD, Lonzo. Yep. Um, I asked Marvin Bagley. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He, he got into a little rap beef with Dane. I ain't listening. What? Yeah, they was going back and forth. He put a video on everything. That's why his career ain't never been the same. Hey, it just getting started. It's just getting started. And then we got Iman and we got Dane. So what what, what we doing with it? First of all, y'all, old school or new school? I'm I'm going new school. Yeah, yeah, new school, new school. Got it for sure. I'm going new school. And, 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 and I don't like the I don't like a lot of the the some of the songs and stuff, but I'm going to go just who has the best talent yeah. and feel for their era. I'm, I'm going Dame number one overall. Oh, I got to throw one more name out here because it's recent. Miles Bridges. He's rapping too. He got something out. Yeah, yeah. Miles Bridges is in the game, people. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on. Yeah, he, he talking. He down in Charlotte getting it on. So I'm going Dane number one as well. Dane. Oh, and Steven Jackson. Come on, Yates. Come on. You got to put Steve yep. Five in there. Yep. But that's the only. You only got like two over there for the new school. Uh, I'm going. You know, listen. For, for, I'm going Dane number one. I'm going Shaq two. Right. Just on the love of his versatility, I'm going Kobe three. <laughs> listen, man, you listen. Man, that's my man. Yeah, you got to join us in two different languages. You a bad boy. I'm yeah. sorry. And then you got Beyonce, Kelly, I'm, and Michelle. I'm sorry. I'm going. Then I'm going four. I'm probably going to go back to Iman Shumpert because just he's just it's musical, just musical vibes. Just all his family, him and his wife. Yes. And then if, if I go five, I'm just going five. Hold on. Look at you knowing. What you mean? Shump and Tiana Taylor, man. Oh, look, on, man. look at you, man. I played, you know what I'm saying? I played dumb a lot, but I know something, something. But listen, my number five, you're going to laugh at this, but this is because where I'm living right now and I'm I'm, I'm in, ingrained in the culture. I'm going to run our test. <laughs> <laughs> There's no comment. This is a round eye test. I'm not even gonna give you a five. I quit. I quit, man. So look, I, it was an interesting list that I saw where um, some guy. I don't know how long ago he did it, but he put together a ten uh, list of ten NBA players and their rap equivalents. Right. So I'm gonna start off with the list that he has already. And then, you know, we sit here and break it down player by player who we think should be there, right? Okay. So we got LeBron. He's saying it's like Jay-Z. Um, All right. He's saying Bill Russell is the Rakim. All right. He's saying Will Chamberlain is Big Daddy Kane. Um, he's saying Jerry West is Master Ace. Um, I don't know Master Ace. I... I, I Got to love that. That's that's the bridging the gap, the space right there. You, you got to put me on. Then we got Kobe as Tupac, MJ as Nas. Yeah, Kevin Durant as Eminem. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Um, yeah, Larry Bird as Biggie. That's not right. Yeah, you got Harden as Wayne, and we got Iverson as Fabulous. F-A-B-O. <laughs> all right, so what we're going to do is, because that list is all over the place, we're going to keep those same players, but we're going to substitute 
um, Jerry West out and put Kareem in. All right. So when you talk about Hoopers and you know who their rap equivalent are, let's say let's start with Braun. Mm. I'm going. I'm going. Braun as Drake. Mm. Yeah. My my reasoning is the uh, versatility, right? You talk about um, being able to cross every musical boundary. Drake got songs in Spanish that we don't know about. I, I learned about when I was going to pick up the Peruvian chicken with my little bro sitting in the spot. I'm like, yo, is Drake rapping in Spanish? He got songs in every type of genre. He ended, he ended a decade in, came in with so much hype, came in with Young Money, all those things, still going, and is at the top of the game. And every time he's at the top, they're trying to put somebody else there in front of him. And that's and he's gonna go down as one of the girl, one of the goats, and a different type of goat too. The same way as Braun is, we've seen Braun ups and downs. We've seen people call him, criticize him for everything. We've seen Braun. People say he can't go west and do it, can't do it here. Braun rewrote everything, so I'm going Braun as um, as Drake. I kind of like the Jay Z analogy because Jay Z's a boss, like behind the scenes now. Yeah, and and when LeBron finishes playing, he's gonna be behind the scenes for a lot of stuff. I mean, but he already doing those things, but he's still a front four. And to what I would say is like he's taking business to a a, a different space for athletes. Like Drake has done that too for music, for hip hop artists. Period. Like the the crossover and everything else. Like Hove did what he did for us and it's always gonna be there, but taking it light skin too. Right? He got he can reach a few more things. He got a different type of music that he brings. You talk Listen, about the man, media play and everything I know, else. man, but when when I'm Jay going, when Jay Z can when he can breach the NFL, that's yeah. that that right there put him over the top for me just because that's one of the last standing good old boy sports entities. Yeah. Well, all right. So you got you got Braun as um, as Hove. I got him as Drake. So I'm going to say, but I'm going to go to MJ. Okay. I got MJ as Hove. And and that's that's for you talk about Jordan Brand, right? You talk about now he's in the sports betting to where he owns a part of, um, I forgot what it's called, but he's into that. It's a whole different thing. First owner of a franchise. And then you talk about international play basketball-wise. Like, Black Jesus. That's what you was calling them. Like, For sure. Every Everything about is that foundational step. Like, everything that is going forward with basketball is because of what Mike did first and the way he took the game first. And I see that same thing with Hove to where Hove, Hove did that. <laughs> so you ain't have to, right? Hove did all of those things, still there around, still giving out the blues. And you got the blueprint there, right? Like you still listening to Hove everything. MJ shoes still number one seller. True. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going MJ with Hove. Where you got? Where you got? I didn't like the Nas. Yeah, I didn't thing, like that either. Just you know, yeah. Nas is Nas is one dimensional in terms of just being a great lyricist. Mm -hmm. MJ reaches so many different other aspects of society. 
Um, it's, 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 it's tough for me because MJ can be Hove, but also I like how LeBron is too because, the, and like I said, the reason I, I, I like LeBron being Jay-Z as well is because uh, he's just a power broker, man. Like he, everything he does is, you know, he's playing chess, not checkers. And Drake is, Drake is, Drake is Drake, but Drake ain't doing nothing like in terms of like, um, like uh, underlying empowerment type of scheme, you know, and things like that. So, well, I, I'm, I'm with you with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of spread hope over two people. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to pick one, man. All right. So, so you're going to hold with two people? I got to. Yeah. See, got, see and the other reason why I did Braun is Drake because that's the play between Braun and MJ, Drake and Jay. Hold, those are the two at the top, and they're going to be there at the top, and everybody's going to be comparing it to them because music wise, business wise, they're only that boys. And numbers wise, Drake going to have more numbers at the end of the career just because of the way time is, just like Braun is going to. But the substance still going to be different with MJ and, and uh, Hold. But. Then we got then we got Bill Russell. Mm. I'm going Chuck D. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would go Chuck D over Rakim because yeah. uh, Bill Russell. We're talking about being an African American athlete in Boston <laughs> back in those days, and then becoming a player coach. First one to do that, and he won a chip that way. Yes, he won a chip. Uh, I think he won two, maybe. He won, I know he was a player coach at one time. That's crazy. It's um, gangster. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm with you on that one. There's no, yeah, there's no argument with me on that one. All right. Sure. Will Chamberlain. Now, I, I like the Big Daddy Kane one. I, I hold you. I don't know. Play, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna contest that one, but I like the Will and Big Daddy Kane. Because do you say Big Daddy King doesn't get his respect as one of the greatest ever? Yeah, I, 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 I like that, and they were both smooth. The persona, yeah, the both persona, smooth. They were both smooth. Persona sure. is there, so we'll agree on that one. Yeah, Kareem. I'm my first thing with Kareem. My first thought was KRS One. Mm. Mm. I could, yeah, I could go with that for sure. Yeah. If if it almost like it just fit like from 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 Lou Alcindor to Kareem Abdul Jabbar, that's like a KRS one type of eye opening space. Sure. If you weren't gonna go Kareem and KRS one, I'd have to fit Rakim in that spot. Okay, but I'm but I, I like the you know I like Chris. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, Chris is my man. You what's know funny? What's funny is Ethan still isn't with us. Um, but as you guys see, Ethan is still killing it with the artwork. But Ethan told me the other day that he went and listened to some KRS One. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I went and I, you know I listened to what you guys were saying. I went and listened to some KRS One, and like I'm like, what?" King, King got you flooded. I got to get it out of there. Yeah, no, man. My, my, come on, man. No, no, that was dope. That was dope. All right. Now we would be with Kobe. And right now they have it as, as Tupac. I could kind of see it. A gangster. A gangster. Because Tupac, 
Tupac lived like five different lives. Yeah. And he could relate to anybody. He he could be he could be East Coast, he could be West Coast, he can be, you know, uh theater and arts. Yeah, and crazy work ethic. He can be hood, yeah. work ethic. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. See, look, originally like, because I had this talk this talk before, and you know, you'll put someone like um Kanye in that space just because Kanye's greatness is immense. Kanye is is great in um artistic value when it comes to making clothes, shoes, producing, and rapping. Um, and he has got a different mind altogether, right? So for me as a point, it was like Kanye probably the better one. Because you know, Kobe, Kobe is great on court, genius. Just looking at the game completely different. And then, you know, you see what he did off the court when it came to his investments, his venture capitalist stuff, um, him actually being in Moesha, different things like that, right? And then him also winning his um, his Oscar, right? So for me, I like the Tupac, but just in, just because of greatness, because Kanye got some of the greatest albums ever. Kobe got some of the greatest um, performances ever. I'm going, I'm going Kobe and Kanye. And that's without that's without the that crazy Kanye stuff. I'm just talking about crazy Kanye as an artist, and all the other stuff that ain't being. Mm, <laughs> um, mm, see, see, that's where the disconnect with me comes because Kobe, um, even though Kobe, we talked about this before when he first came, he emulated Mike. Mm -hmm. Everybody emulated Mike. Mm -hmm. Everybody, Stackhouse, Vince, everybody. Um, Harold Minor, everybody, but he he always was himself. And yeah. That's who Tupac was. Yeah. You know, Kanye didn't kind of, he lost his way a few times, but we talk about consistently, those two dudes, Pac, Kobe was like, I'm just, I'm doing me. Yeah, but the, the, the correlation there too, when you talk about Kobe coming in, emulating MJ and then making his own space, Kanye came in under Hove. Right. And now Kanye is his own space, like completely. Both of them are at the top of the space to where it's like when you talk Kanye, it's just Kanye. When you talk Hope, it's just Hope. But again, I, I you know, I ain't mad at the Pac one either, but I'm going to go with Ye. Ye without the funny business. Yeah, right. it's a lot of funny business. Yeah. Look, Multiple albums, funny yeah. business. Look, KD, right? KD, they put it with Eminem. First, I'm... Um, I was about to say, let's skip this because that's that's disrespect. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to move, for my list, I'm moving Nas down to KD. Okay. You know what KD is? He's surgical with scoring the ball. Mm -hmm. And that's how Nas is lyrically. Mm -hmm. You know, Nas, he isn't trying to be something he's not. He's just a cold-blooded lyricist. And that's what... KD is. Even though, even when KD went to Golden State, everybody said he's got to change his game and everything. No, they changed a little bit for him, and he was, and he still was KD in that situation. So I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm moving Nas down there because there's nobody else, there's nobody else in the rap game that I think that would be. Yeah, it's a tough one for me because when I look at KD, I look at efficiency too. You know what I'm saying? And mm, Nas came out shooting, 
You know what I'm saying? God's son, it was written, all those good things. But nah, it's got a couple blanks in there too. KD don't shoot blanks. Nah, he got blanks. I'm talking about, we talking about him and skill. Talking about him like nah, right nah, to his face. No, it's, it's a different situation. We talk about like everybody has their ups and their downs. Yes, and yes, KD yes. has his when they were up 3 1 against Golden State, and it, he and Westbrook shot terribly. Those next three games that allowed Golden State to get back into it. So those were some of his down moments. So he had his moments too. You know what I'm saying? And he had to find his identity. Yeah. And then he, then he got it. Now KD is in his own space where he knows who he is. Remember the brother accounts? Obviously, everybody got their moments, man. Man. Everybody got their moments. I might. Because, cause, hmm. I might go Snoop King. Watch your chin. No, sure. <laughs> I might go Snoop because Snoop is maybe maybe it's the body type, but Snoop is one of the greatest ever of one of the greatest presences in the game ever. Just because of, you know Snoop's first album may be arguably the best album ever for some people, right? Um, Snoop got Snoop got a lot of versatility. When Snoop got when he took that move from Death Row and he went was he went to No Limit, it was garbage, right? But it saved his career. And after that, that comes you know Beautiful Girl, Sexual Seduction, all those different type of spaces, and he still is like he's most recognizable. Um, Snoop got a different presence in the game period that you're going to feel forever and it's a bit of like a unicorn for me like you ain't going to see somebody like Snoop to go from full on Crip, Gin and Juice to TV shows with Martha Stewart like you see he see him now he's different and for me that's like a unicorn status like ain't nobody can't nobody talk like that can't nobody move like that and for me I think KD I think KD is a unicorn in that same space to where we're walking well, in totality, in, in totality, when KD's career is over, KD is not going to be the, how can I say it? He's not going to be the uh, public presence that well, he is now. I will say that you have to do a little bit more research before you say that. Because just, he, because he's already he's already got things in motion with production I, I, stuff. I'm not, so, about, I'm not uh, talking about behind the scenes. I'm talking about like Snoop. Uh, Snoop is different, man. Snoop. Is, yes. No, I'm Snoop not arguing with Snoop. With everything, but KD is not that tight. Is that? Well, like I said, I think that. I, well, one for first of all, I'm talking more about presence in your industry, and I'm saying that KD's presence in that space is, in the gone is unicorn like just just like Snoop is. It's going. They're gonna occupy the space differently, but I'm saying. A person like Snoop, a guy like Snoop, don't just walk through hip hop or any genre of music like that. And I'm saying that I equate that same type of presence with KD. I'm, I don't think I'm talking about his art. I know. I'm, I'm talking just, about his art. There's right. not going to be another player like KD for a long, 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 right. long, long time. And I'm that's what I'm equating it but, with. But and I'm, it's still great too. What I'm saying is that even though we talk about Nas, Nas had situations where he might have had one album, whatever, that wasn't a commercial, but it was always who he was and he was always spitting stuff. Snoop had situations where if he, I mean, there were moments where like, yo, we didn't know where he was. 
I mean, it was a big difference. And I'm saying. And you just said the same thing about KD. You know then. KD's situation is I'm talking about after he's done playing, KD, in terms of being a player, he'll always be KD. But KD won't be a guy that's like. He, it's almost like I made this statement a long time ago about AI. AI, people don't realize how. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Don't say people gonna forget about KD. No, 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 no. You know, I understand what I'm saying. You mind what you said about AI to no, people gonna forget how no, great he was. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that people will have to be reminded. What? Yes, because I'm telling you, it's the same thing. No. It's, it's the, listen, it's the same thing. The same thing that people are saying right now about certain players is the same thing they said about. Uh, George Gervin and place people like the Iceman. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it goes. Yeah. You talk. You, you talking about KD, man? I, 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 we, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think I can forget that. But I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I'm you. going. Snoop for KD. I'm telling you. Um, Larry Bird. Who got Larry Bird as? Larry Bird. They had him as Biggie. I don't, I don't know enough about Bird to put that down for what type of. Hold on. Let me take that back. Bird, listen, man. Bird, let me see. I know enough about Bird, but you, I was, I'm you, thinking... You know enough about Bird. Let me see. Stop playing. I'm not going Biggie there, though. He ain't He ain't, He ain't. ain't Biggie. Biggie different. That's a different type of swagger. But, but, he, but he no, this is why I think he's on the list. No, he's definitely on the list. No, 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 no. no. This is what I'm saying. Well, I think this is why somebody made the comparison. Because Biggie was big, fat, and ugly, right? That's what he says, right? But he still made his presence felt in the hip hop game, right? And he made it sexy. Bird was in an era where everybody was black, high flying with afros and all this stuff, and people still knew who Bird was because he he made his presence felt. Look, I'm here now. So I think that's maybe that's why they put him in there. Man, we give Biggie to Charles Barkley if that's the case. Stop then. playing. Stop playing. What you mean? That's MVP right there. Yeah, but we talking about I go, I, I'm going Notorious B.I.G. I'm going with Shaq, man. Bird. But, listen, but I'm saying. I, I think Bird got a different, because you know, like, you hear them stories about Bird talking trash. Bird, like, Bird giving guys a different type of blues and stuff. Yeah. And like, I think, um, you know, the, it's still the bad boy persona around Biggie. I think, I think, I think Bird. That's, I think Bird leads. You, you listen to the old school NBA players, they say Bird talked the most trash. Exactly. I'm saying I think Bird need a, a different rapper that's a little bit more like, uh, let me see. <laughs> DMX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. No, I didn't mean that. I mean, we, need, uh, we need somebody who did talk trash, but people wouldn't expect it. Oh, it's man. A game. It's, it's, let's think, man. Like, hmm. Dang. Who would that be that talk trash? Put on the show, though. I'm drawing a blank here, Craig. I, I mean, I just like it because, man, like, Biggie made it cool for Big Pun and all them to be big boys. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. You know, like the fat boys when they was out before Biggie and stuff, like they they could perform and put on heavy shows. D, and, heavy but D. It was, but they was dancing and stuff, but yeah. you know, big boys from back from rerun yeah. could, could, could just put on a show. You know what <laughs> he said rerun. I know, I know what's happening. <laughs> I know our listeners don't know. That's that bridging the gap right there. Where else can you hear about 
uh, what's happening in rerun. Come on, man. Oh, big we'll, Shirley. We'll, 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 big Shirley. <laughs> Good Lord. Roger. Roger. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, I don't know. I got to come back to Bird, but I don't, I don't like the biggie one for that one. So, I'll put a question mark there. Right? They got James Harden. They got James Harden as Lil Wayne. Mm. Dang. Wayne did break away from cash money. <laughs> <laughs> I... Mm-hmm. We'll see. So the thing about Wayne is Wayne is probably the biggest trendsetter in hip hop, right? Detroit, the biggest trendsetter, and and he had a level of dominance to where it, it equated to championship years. Like he he did he did uh, like astronomical numbers. I guess in a way, James Harden did too. James Harden does have his own way of playing basketball that, you know, no one else kind of gets to. And off the court, Wayne and Harden, you know, they definitely got a lot in common there. I I take the Harden. <laughs> I take the Harden and Wheezy. I take the Harden and Wheezy. Mm. Okay. But but I take that back. Mm. Because the next one is AI. I don't like this one. The next one is AI, and I like AI with. Um, Wayne, I like AI and Wayne more because, like I said, trendsetter, and it was it was it was different. It was a different space. Um, it was a different space. Mm. Uh, I go AI with uh, Wayne, mm. and then Harden. Mm. I'm giving Harden Travis Scott. Yeah, I'm just gonna go that way. Yeah, Houston vibes. No, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm getting hard on little baby. He gave a little baby a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand on his birthday. Look, there it is. Hard on little baby. Mm. Well, you go little baby. I'm going Scarface. Ooh, you gave him that much love. You gave it, yeah. You talk. You want to keep it Houston? I'm going Scarface because Ooh. Scarface has been the same from day one to now, and people still, still know Scarface is that killer. Face different. Killer. Yeah, face. Because if you're going to remove Wayne, I got to replace him. I can't replace him a little bit. I, I just can't do that. Yeah. Because Harden. Come <laughs> on, man. Ooh, a little baby. Get I, on the I absolutely detest that AI was a fad. Yeah. And nothing against fad, but you got Wayne and. Uh, Wayne and AI. AI. Yeah. I got uh, Ice Cube. Mm. You know, yeah. I was trying to think about where I was going to put Cube. Where I was gonna put Cube and or give AI a NWA type of thing because AI was like he's that dude like nah man I ain't I ain't doing that you know what I'm saying I'm not bojangling in front of the camera for this cat you know what I'm saying so look I forgot I forgot to tell you this though I I figured it out for Larry Bird MC search. <laughs> Stop. 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 I'm you know what? I'm I'm done. <laughs> nah, that's not good. That's not good money. Just, come on, man. MC Search ain't even one of he was a, he was a, he was an okay MC, but he ain't a respected MC like that. Come on, man. Bird man, listen, whether you wanna believe it or not, no, 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 I, I love was a man, a dog. Let me a know. dog. No, like, I, for real. I was gonna I was gonna put uh Bird with Cube actually. That's what I was gonna do. Man, man Bird. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, yeah, I'm gonna give Larry Bird Ice Cube, man. 
Man. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with it. MC Search, come on, man. Come on, man. You know, uh, you're Vanilla Ice. Uh, yeah, I ain't gonna give him that, but uh, that's tough. Come on, man. Like, all right, now that's that's a good space, though. That was, that was fun. It'd be interesting to see what people think about this. So let's go into um, something that we talked about. This would be probably our last topic heading into uh, closing, but we talk about all the time, like knowing when to ask for help. <laughs> Knowing when when you reach your your limit, uh, you know within it within the business that happens too often. You know we talk about how we operate as a team with you and I and our our business team here. You know you take care of what you take care of, and then you you know delegate the rest to me to be like yo you you here I follow you here because you know that's not your space. And the same thing with me where I'm like I I don't know anything about neither. I got to learn that from you. Go ahead, I pass that off. You know, for me, I've had to learn as I gotten older that it's okay not to take care of everything. Sometimes you're better as a manager. You call it the Nick Saban thing, right? To where you're picking out he's better at that than I am, but I can make sure I put them in a position to do well. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's knowing your strengths and weaknesses and being honest about it. You know, a lot of us, uh, I've been victim of this before, where you don't want to acknowledge that there's something that you may not be um, a master at or something you may not have time to actually, uh, uh, you know, research and, 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 and find ways of communicating that, that knowledge that you have. And so you got to find other people to help you out. And and that's the that's one of the signs of greatness, in that you know your strengths and weaknesses, and you are willing to work with other people to to help you sustain that greatness. And you know, you talk about Nick Saban. I always talk about how one he's really really got a lot of guts to go into Alabama under the shadow of Bear Bryant in a place that they live football, and not only has he you know, done a good job. He's done a great job. He's surpassed Bear Bryant. And he keeps doing it with the most turnover in terms of players and coaching staff every year. And the, he's changed with the game. Nick Saban was known for having a solid offense that didn't turn the ball over and a great defense. Well, he's changed the game now. Now they're one of the best offensive teams with – a great offense and a good defense, you know. Um, and uh, he's he's taking a lot of players that that often, you know, go do their two three years and leave early, and that's unheard of in, in Alabama and playing in the SEC, you know. But what's the what's the recipe? He's allowed other people to come in and help. Yeah, you know. And you talk about the business. The business of anything is. You want to be in charge of your own business, a successful business. You have to know how to do everything from the ground up. Because if you don't know how to do everything yourself, how are you going to be able to help someone along that's struggling in doing some of those uh, duties? Or how are you going to know to fix a problem when something goes wrong if you have no idea mm-hmm. what's going on yourself? Yeah. And... And then, and then know your limitations when you're like, dang, I don't know this and I don't have the capacity to do this. So let me bring on a member 
a team member with like values, like-minded, somebody that can be accountable, so they can take care of that part so I can still master where I'm at in this space. Because, you know, I, I got dreams of being an entrepreneur, too. And I got into the space where me thinking I had to do everything was starting to get stressful. And I remember talking to my aunt, and she was like, you know, sometimes people don't realize that their their passion, their strength, their gift is being able to have the vision and being able to see people that have the potential to help them get there and then put them in a position to help them there so you can focus on what you do best, right? But, you know, a lot of those little things you still take take part in and get there. But definitely teamwork makes the dream work. Yep. Yes, but be willing. It's okay to reach out and be like, I need some assistance here. For sure. Man, it'll save you some headaches. Don't let that pride, that ego, get you out. You know, pride is just birth of comparison. You only got so much pride because you're comparing yourself to something else. It's falsehoods. It's not real. Just keep pushing through that. You know? Well, I forgot that. You're a football guy. You know, he gave that breakdown. College football. College football. Super Bowl coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your choices? What's um, you know I'm going KC. You going KC? Yeah, I'm going KC. You last time I checked, you was going against Brady, and you picked uh, the Packers. Yep, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm just saying, you still betting against Brady? Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers was put out by a bad play call. Yeah, a bad a bad play call, a bad decision. You know, and that's this is what it is, man. You know, he's the he's the victim of. Uh, Let's just say some some poor decision making in terms of surrounding him with the right personnel. We we gonna we gonna eat and make sure you put this down. Coaches getting out of the way. We gotta make that a topic for later because you know I, I immediately just thought about Pete Carroll. Oof, yeah, slow. yeah, but we don't want to go on a whole another hour. Yeah. But we can think about that a million times. But you got you got Kansas City going back to back. I do. What does that do for Mahomes' legacy if he beats? Um, you know, Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers and, he, and Brady. He beats Brady and that that Buccaneers team, which is loaded offensively, and winning back-to-back at a young age, you got to start talking about him being one of the top quarterbacks ever. Yeah. Because think about what he does. He's a combination of Michael Vick and... Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, like, that's I mean, it's like... Being able to sling that thing. I mean, come on, man. Let's yeah, I don't even watch it. But, yeah, all right. I got you on that coach's call in Kansas City. Okay. I ain't watching it, so we'll see. You know, take it in. Well, we know how it is. Post-game wrap-up. We meet in the center circle. Time to, time to close it out. Uh, what you got for the folks, big guy? Um, you know, I always try to give something for our, our young hoop stars out there because they're, they're still navigating their way through the game and, and learning new things each day. And, you know, I want them to not only work on their game and play the game, but also start to visualize the game. When you guys can get to a space where you can visualize yourself doing something in the game before you actually play the game, and then calm yourself down and start to bring those visualizations to life, and then you're playing the game and it seems like it's in slow motion, that's when you know you're truly balling, right? Because right now, a lot of you guys and young ladies are moving at a fast pace and not really slowing down to see the game. I was the same way too. So, so, don't, so don't think that 
I'm telling you something that I didn't go through. Slow down. Get whatever you like to listen to in terms of what gets you ready for the game, but visualize what you intend to do in the game. Good words. I always say, if you can dream it, you can do it. So make it happen. For me, I want to talk about uh, making value-based decisions. Sometimes we get um, anxiety or get worried and, and feel like we need some clarity about what decisions to make, personal, relationship, business, anything. I think what, what helps you make great decisions is understanding who you are, your, your core set of values, and then that way it gives you kind of a guardrail and a baseline to keep you on track. Um, just like we'll say, if you're, if you're starting a business, have a clear mission and vision statement. So whenever you're making a decision, whenever you feel like you don't know where to go, you can always go back to that vision and mission statement that's clear. So you know whatever decision you make needs to be in line with what you already had in mind. Same thing personally. When you talk about whether to keep a friend around that you know you shouldn't be around or stay in a relationship you shouldn't be in or what have you, making a move across country, you know, you can take away a lot of that anxiety and that worry if you understand what your values are. And if none of those are compromised, then you can go ahead and make that decision with, with pride and confidence. But if one of those things are compromised, then you should, you know, I can't do this. You have peace with making that decision. So, you know, something that I've learned and I've done for myself and has been helpful is making value-based decisions and then establishing those values and making sure I live on those. Um, you know, that's it for us here. Episode 14. You know, we still kicking and still pushing it live from Dubai. Um, that's, well, if you're in the UAE and you're in Dubai, you know, we are growing steadily. Check us out, hoopmountain.ae, hoopmountain.dxb on Instagram. Follow the podcast at bridgingthegap underscore. Um, check us out on YouTube as well. Like and subscribe. We'll be back for more. Got some new things coming. I'm out.